Our next guest changed my intercessory prayer life when he gave me as a gift the warrior rosary. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and I want to remind you that you are created in God's image. You are created with a rational spirit. You are created with the ability to have relationship with the God of the universe. You have been created with a purpose. And that purpose, as we learned in the Baltimore Catechism, is to know, love, and to serve God in this world. You know, there may be someone listening who was adopted, or, you know, there may be, it may be that when you were conceived that maybe your parents weren't intending for you to even be. But God honored that union by creating you a unique spirit planted in your in your body when you were conceived so in god's eyes you weren't an accident he purposely gave you created in you a spirit that is there so that you can commune with god god is a spirit and he must be worshiped in spirit and in truth you have a rational spiritual soul higher in dignity and ability than any other being you were made in love. You were created in love, and you were created to be loved by God. God wants you to open up your heart and look to Him and experience the Father's love. You know, it says in Revelations that in heaven there will be silence for the period of a half hour while God wipes away every tear from our eyes. It's the image of a Father who looks past our faults and sees our needs. You were created in His image for relationship with Him. And this wonder, this sense of wonder that you have, this this seeking for truth, this questing for love that you have, is something bigger than just finding love in another person or or in uh, through other people. This desire to be loved is deep within you, planted there, that your heart might quest for God's love. God loves you. He sees you. He always sees you. You're special to Him. He sees past your faults. He sees past anything that makes you feel that you can't look to Him and seek, and, and seek His face. You know, when Adam and Eve fell, they hid from God. Adam, Adam and Eve sinned. They, they, they focused on their sin. But God came to the garden and said, Adam, where are you? God is coming into your garden, seeking you out, saying, where are you? Look around you. Where are you? Have you lost your way? Are you, are you seeking for satisfaction where you will never find it? Are you trying to fill that hole in your heart with, with things that are never going to fulfill you? God gave you a capacity for bliss. This life is so short, but you choose whether to respond to God's invitation or not. 
the first question you see in the old in the Old Testament after Adam and Eve fell, after Satan's temptation, the next question you hear is, Adam, where are you? Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That whoever would open the door to me will be saved. I'll come into them and sup with them and them with me. Jesus stands and is knocking. Jesus is seeking you out. He's a gentleman. He will not force that door open. But he's knocking and he's inviting you. Open up your heart. You know, when, when it's dark in the room, when it's totally pitch black and you can't see anything... If you open the door, just a sliver, and in the next room there's a bright light, the light will flood into that, flood into that darkness. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus, when I surrendered all I was to Jesus. I remember that moment when I was 19 years old, and his love flooded into my soul. I felt as if, I felt as if every dark corner of my life that I wasn't proud of or there or where I hurt, especially the areas where there was shame. That God went into each of those areas and just shined his light and didn't shined his light more and shined his light more. And then he went into other even darker places. Oh Lord, don't go there. I'm ashamed. Don't go there. Don't don't and then his light filled and flooded it and healed me and invited and, and, and brought me into his presence and reminded me that he loves me. Jesus came in the same way. He came into this world seeking you. He came into this world for one reason, to lift your dignity, to restore your true humanity. You are a special creature. You're part earth, you're part heaven. Yes, you're made of dust, but you also have a heavenly spirit. You're made for communion with God. And if you're not living in that communion, you're missing out. You're, you're missing out on, on, on what your most essential nature is. So we're inviting you today. Look at Jesus. God, I, don't, I can't even find you. I don't even know if you exist. God, where are you? Open your heart to him. Jesus, come into my life. I surrender all that I am to you. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your truth. Join me to your church and to your body of believers. Augustine had that encounter with Jesus. Every great saint, every even weak saint, has opened their heart to Jesus, and I'm inviting you. This is the acceptable hour of salvation. Surrender all you are to Jesus. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. This is Jason Jones, producer of Bella and Other Great Movies, asking you to buy my movies. What? Oh, I'm sorry. This is Jason Jones, producer of Bella, asking you to listen to Deep Adventure with Bear Wozniak. Aloha. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with a warning. Do not tune in to Deep Adventure Radio unless you're ready to step out of the comfort zone of your life and into the danger zone of the adventure that God has for you. Deep Adventure Radio, Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on your EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
For a complete list of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network AM and FM stations across America, go to EWTN.com, look for the radio pull-down menu, and select AM FM stations. The list is updated regularly, so visit often. Again, go to EWTN.com, look for the radio pull-down menu, and select AM FM stations. Also at EWTN.com, you'll find out how to listen to us on the web, on shortwave, and in some countries on satellite. You'll find it all on EWTN.com. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, suffering in paradise for you. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. I'm coming to you today from the beautiful tropical weather of 50-degree Cocoa Beach, Florida. I, um, you know, I live in Hawaii, but I also have home in Cocoa Beach. And uh, I have as my guest a real warrior, uh, Tom Sullivan. The first question I want to ask Tom Sullivan, he's, the, by the way, the creator of the Warrior Rosary and, and the author of several books. But I'm, it, it's bugging me that i got to ask him, Tom, what's with this weather? I heard Florida was supposed to be tropical. You live in Florida too, right? Yeah, actually, I think the weather is uh, has lost its timing. You know, I'm one who who likes cool weather. You know, hopefully at least on Christmas. But uh, on Christmas Day we had 85 or 86 degree weather, and now here we are just a couple of weeks later. And uh, I, I think I moved to the Arctic or something. I mean, it's absolutely freezing. Well, I was sitting here in front of my fire this morning when we when when we just started to talk, and I was like, I can't believe how cold it is here. Well, you know, in Hawaii, there's only one place I know. There's only one place that I uh, ever visited where there was a fireplace. It was up on the hills at the Molokai Ranch in the island of Molokai, and uh, they would have a fire there at times. But otherwise, you just don't have fireplaces in Hawaii. And Cocoa Beach, you're right, a week ago, I was out tandem surfing here. So um, all of a sudden, uh, reality is checking in. You know, And people, all these winter hawks or whatever you call them from the north are flooding down here and tell me how warm it is. And I'm like, I, I got to get back to Hawaii. It, it's freezing. It's like... Yeah. 60 yeah, we, degrees. Yeah, they're called they're called snowbirds. <laughs> I, I like call them winter hawks. <laughs> but um, so but you know you got everyone. We have Tom Sullivan. I, I wanted to invite Tom Sullivan back. We don't very often have a returning guest, but I wanted to talk to uh, Tom because um, you know this is a recorded show. But just last week, we had on, we did uh, last Saturday and Sunday, Deep Adventure Ministries did our first Renegade Rosary Run. And that's where we invited people, and we're going to be doing it again um, midsummer. But it's where we invited people who listen to our show from around the world to each do some sort of 5K. Uh, some of them uh, got groups together, and some of them did it by themselves. We had one person that hang glided and uh, went through three, uh, three decades of the rosary, uh, three, three circuits of the rosary uh, while he did that. Other people went hiking up in, near the Virginia mountains. Other people went snowmobiling deep into the, into the woods of Wisconsin and built a fire and prayed the rosary. And I was out stand-up paddling, praying my rosary. And so all around the world, we kind of joined together in this, uh, this rosary. And, you know, today, this is a recorded show, but the scriptures from Mass today talks about David... Uh, fighting Goliath, and it's when he and it's interesting is he got out to the field, and David ran at Goliath and flung that stone at him, and by, and then he ran up to Goliath, and this is what struck me today, and he pulled Goliath's sword out of his sheath. In other words, Goliath didn't even get a chance to pull his weapon. David was on him, and. 
one of the things we need to realize as Christians is that Jesus came as an invader. He came back to take back uh, what had what Satan had tried to take from him. Christianity, we're renegades. We're rebels. Uh, we're we're, uh, we're always uh, are swimming up against the stream. And God has formed us into an army, um, a very unique type of army. And that's why I wanted to bring Tom Sullivan on because one of the books that you wrote is, I believe, is called "A Call to Call to Knighthood," and uh, yeah. and it's this man, everyone. Tom Sullivan, who handed me the Warrior Rosary uh, when I was with uh, Jeanette Bank on Jeanette Bankovic's show a year ago, right around a year ago today, and it changed my life. It, he gave me a weapon. Uh, I have prayed the Rosary before, but it never been such a weapon in my hands as when I began to pray with this this Rosary that Tom developed. So, Tom, my having you on on my. Our having you on this show is because we deeply desire to have you here, and we we want to hear uh, what the Lord's speaking to you about the kingdom of God and warriorship. Yeah, well, thanks, Bear. That's uh, it's a it's a tall order um, when we're talking about the kingdom, and and the reason it is uh, is because we're Americans and we, we have a hard time understanding the kingdom. Um, and so, because, you know, our, our country was founded in rebellion against the kingdom, like King George of England. And so, um, when we start looking at, uh, at our Catholic faith, and we start hearing terms like, Jesus is king, Christ the king, you know, the feast of Christ the king, uh, or the queenship of Mary, his mother, uh, those 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 uh, titles seem to kind of roll off our you know roll off our backs like water off of a duck's back, and we don't usually grab onto that. And over the years, uh, in my own prayer life and study, and uh, uh, and I, I've come to see the kingdom of God here on earth. That when Christ, you know, said that the kingdom of God is upon you and the kingdom of God is at hand. He went about him being the king, establishing this kingdom uh, by uh, first of all, you know, his by default his mother, who who is the becomes the queen mother of this kingdom that he begins to establish, and then you see that he selects uh, his twelve apostles, and then from them he selects one and gives him the keys making, according to the Old Testament kingdom prototype, making him the prime minister who holds the keys of the kingdom, like Isaiah 22, when you had Shebna and Eliakim. You also discover that when he chose his 12 apostles, Solomon had 12 governors as well that assisted him and aided him in governing of the kingdom. So you see Christ establishing the offices of these governors, the apostles. Um, And so when he established this kingdom, he established it. um, But he didn't just leave it with the governance. It goes on because the kingdom of God is a kingdom family. And although God is our father... He is also our king. And so my father is the king of the universe, and so is yours. And so um, when we look at it that way and understand our faith that way, we see that it's a whole lot deeper than just showing up on Sunday Mass, going through you know, some, you know, some, some postures of standing, kneeling, sitting, saying a few prayers, and then go home and live like a, you know, like a, like a secular guy you know, the rest of my life or the rest of the week. It's more than that. It is, it is the kingdom that is here present. And I discover 
discover that through the sacraments, you know, particularly the sacrament of baptism and confirmation, Christ's plan was to make us soldiers in that kingdom, to make us warriors in that kingdom, to make us knights on the battlefield of life in his kingdom. And this is why the Church is called the Church militant uh, here on earth, where the, the, the Church itself, the kingdom of God, is made up of the Church triumphant, those in heaven, the Church suffering, those in purgatory, and the Church militant, those of us here on earth still fighting, if you would, the battle that began in heaven, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, and spilled over into the garden and continues through, you know, through our very life. And so, you know, this is the structure of the kingdom, and this is the, the kingdom that is present, and you and I, and, and all of us, really, all, all humanity, as they come to discover the truth of Jesus Christ and his kingship and the kingdom that he has established, when you come to understand that, you see that there's far more to following Christ, that there's far more to being a Christian, because it calls us to be a soldier on the battlefield of life. And you know it's it's not it's not uh, it's not that we fight against flesh and blood. We fight against uh, the rebellious principalities and powers of the air. We fight we fight against um, we fight against Satan. And without Absolutely. right, and and that begins not by you know I, I spend a lot of time studying our faith, maybe twenty hours a week or more. I spend a lot of time reading scripture, but. If if I do that and I and if I go and I do good works and I and I help at the homeless shelter and things like that, if I'm not spending time in prayer, it's 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 worthless. It's like um, building with straw instead of with you know uh, uh, gold or bronze. You know I I I've I've learned that my warriorship begins on my knees. In fact, isn't it true that when a knight is knighted, he 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 kneels down, doesn't he? Absolutely true. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, for years, for years and years and years, uh, when a Christian was not after he was baptized, came to be confirmed that he would actually be on his knees before the bishop, and he would be confirmed, and upon confirmation, he would receive a slap kind of like, uh, you know, uh, to remember the day in which you received your confirmation because it was the day in which you were knighted in the kingdom. And so it, it's very parallel, as a matter of fact, uh, to stick with the analogies. And let me just accent something before I go there. You are absolutely right. This warfare that we talk about, spiritual warfare, it is spiritual warfare. We're not talking about fighting against flesh and blood. St. Paul was clear on that. You know, he, he in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 7, he made it really clear that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is against principalities and powers and the rulers of this world. And he's talking about the spiritual battle, the attack on the families, the attack on marriage, the attack on my personal, my soul personally, my desire through concupiscence always to, you know, get in some trouble, if you would, you know, like growing up, my middle name was, was Trouble, Tommy Trouble, my mom used to call me because it followed me around, but, but you know, our job, to, to fight that concupiscence, to, to, to want to be Christ to the world, to do good, and and to take this, uh, uh, the strength of the grace of God that is given to us in the sacraments, and to apply it in our lives, and to start each day, as you said, on our knees. And you know, this idea of being on our knees, and this is this is an analogy that I had discovered over the years 
you see, when we go to Mass, you know, Christ is enthroned in the tabernacle. That is his throne room. When we enter a church, you know, our King is enthroned in the tabernacle. His body, blood, soul, and divinity, his real presence is there. And what does a knight do when he enters into the kingdom or to the King's throne room? He goes down on one knee in humble submission to his king, in humble obedience and submission to his king. He goes down on one knee and he bows his head, and the king has complete authority over him to do as he wishes. And you know, Bear, when you and I enter into a Catholic church, we're entering into the throne room of God. We acknowledge consciously that Christ is present in the tabernacle. And what do we do? Our position becomes that of a knight. We genuflect. And why do we genuflect? Because it is the position of a soldier, a knight before his king. And that's that's how our, we recognize that. And so every time we enter a church, our genuflection before our king, I envision myself suited in armor. I envision myself, my sword sheathed at my side. I envision myself ready for battle, coming to be strengthened by my king so that I can be sent out again into the world. Well, you know, here's the thing, Tom. You know, I'm a, I, I'm a second-degree ninja black belt, and I hold a lot of instructor's degrees in different forms. One of the things that I've learned, you know, when you're, when you're with your master, when you're, when you're with someone who's really a master at, at the art that you're training in, you bow to them, but you never take your eyes off of him. You have this, uh, this readiness. And um, I, I see, I want people to think about this as they go to Mass. When you go to Mass and you make and you genuflect, remember that you're a knight and that you're, you're, you're kneeling in order to receive God's uh, blessing, healing, but also his orders for you. And the, you know, my thought is, is the knight goes, doesn't go down on two knees. He goes down on one. And the reason right. is, like we train in martial arts, that you're ready to stand and fight immediately. With that one leg uh, still ready, you can leap. Uh, uh, like the Bible says, I, by the I can leap a wall. I can crush a troop. But to always be at the readiness. And I know when I train in martial arts, one of the greatest, I know this sounds kind of strange, but uh, the higher up in rank uh, that, you know, and I trained with Master Stephen Hayes, the one who brought ninjutsu or the art of the ninja to the Western world. He was my train. He was my, he was my trainer. They could inflict great pain on me, uh, but it was almost like, but not injury, but they could inflict pain. It's two different things. Uh, and it was almost an honor to receive that kind of um, pain. I don't know how to say that, but it was an honor to be, to be tr- uh, picked by them to be, uh, to, so that they could demonstrate and train to the others what they wanted to do. And it seemed like the higher up in rank uh, these people were, the more pain they would inflict on you, but, but no injury, just an experience of pain. And that slap on the face. How often uh, do we as, as men and women, do we receive that kind of slap on the face? It may not injure us, but it pains us and it reminds us that we're in a battle. I know when I, when I teach people and, I, and I'm uh, going through different uh, stages of the, of the training, when I see their fist drop below their chin, I hit them in the face. I may not hit them hard. Uh, when their elbow lifts up, uh, I'll kick him in the rib. Uh, only to remind them to be ready, to be on the defense. But the thing about 
about our kingdom is that, uh, yes, we carry with us our shields, but we carry also with us our swords. The Bible says the, the kingdom, the, the gates of hell will not prevail against us, and gates don't attack people. Uh, we're to be on the attack, but not in this aggressive uh, sort of horrible way that some people have this um, combative way where they, they, they are with other people. Uh, and I'm talking about going to battle uh in in our prayer life, that that's where it begins. That we do our battle in our prayer life. Yeah, that is uh, actually um, you know the catechism tells us that you know prayer itself is a battle, and not only is prayer a weapon for battle, but it's also a battle within itself. Uh, uh, you'll find that uh, the catechism, in more than twenty five occasions, refers to battle, and it's in in almost every case it's referring to prayer. And prayer is, is, uh, is a battle to get into. It's a battle to stay in prayer. And prayer in itself is a very weapon for battle. So it has a number of you know, different aspects to it, um, all, all wrapped up in, in understanding battle. Okay, so, Tom, so we, it we, is Tom, so important. We have to take a break right now, so I want to go into that when we come back. Uh, Tom Sullivan uh, has designed this incredible warrior's rosary it's made of heavy metal like the same kind of metal that they make the uh chain mail out for for knighthood's armor uh with hematite heavy uh iron type uh precious stone and from the moment he gave it to me with that that sword on the back of the of the cross um i told him when i felt it i said this is actually like a kubaton this the cross here i could use if i had to in an airplane you know in self defense but the rosary itself it just it just leads me into prayer and i feel like when i'm praying that rosary that i'm actually in battle and you can go to our website deepadventure.com and you can uh find uh, the red one or, or the more silver colored a uh, warrior rosary uh in our store uh, we're talking with tom sullivan this is bear wozniak i'm your adventure guide for deep adventure radio and we'll be right back with more deep adventure radio the bold standard in radio i'm brian patrick and here at ewtn news nightly we're very much aware our world is changing rapidly the news can be so troubling but it helps to get it in the context of catholic teaching that's why i encourage you to watch ewtn news nightly and to subscribe to the print edition of the national catholic register always faithful in-depth coverage of crucial issues like religious freedom, the sanctity of all human life, traditional marriage, and Pope Francis, his travels, his powerful homilies, and great features like one of my favorites on St. Joseph, provider and protector. Subscribe to the print edition of the National Catholic Register and watch EWTN News Nightly, the perfect combination for faithful Catholics who want the news, who want the truth. For a free three-issue trial of the National Catholic Register, Go to EWTN.com and click on the banner for the register or call 800-421-3230 for your three free issues. To help you get more from the Global Catholic Network, EWTN offers a monthly program guide completely free of charge. This handy schedule tells you where to look for your favorite Catholic programs. For your free guide, write to EWTN Program Guide, Irondale, Alabama, 35210. All across the nation, people are tuning in to truth on the EWTN radio network. Even though I am a Southern Baptist, I love my local Catholic radio station, and I recommend it to all my friends, Catholic and non-Catholic. 
Since I joined the church a decade ago, access to Catholic Radio has been a must for me and my family. To have EWTN broadcasting locally with such faith-filled and wholesome programs is a real blessing. To find out more, go to EWTN.com slash radio. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 66. I don't know how many of you out there have uh, got your private pilot license, but one of the first things they do, I mean, within the first two or three flights, I don't know if they're using it to separate the men from the boys or, or, or what, but they take you out and they teach you how to do a stall. In other words, you're flying in the plane, it's doing, you're doing just great, you're like, uh, you know, tense as can be, you're hanging on too hard to the, you know, to the throttle and everything. And then they say, okay, just raise this nose up and put it to full throttle, and let's take this puppy up until it stalls and starts to fall back down. So you're going up and up and up and up, and you start hearing, uh, you start hearing the engine screaming louder. You, you, you feel yourself slowing down, and then there's this high kind of whistling sound uh, that is screaming at you saying, this isn't good, this is, a ma- this is an alarm, you're about to go into a stall. And then all of a sudden, the plane stalls and, and your engine, which of course is the heaviest part of the plane, just drops and you're in free fall. Your engine is just dr- hurtling towards earth. And then the instructor says, put it you know, to full throttle, go as fast as you can. And what that does is it accelerates you enough uh, so that you'll come out of the stall. The lesson is that an airplane wants to fly and an airplane is made to fly. Even in a stall, it wants to come out of that stall and it wants to fly. You're an airplane. God has given you a spirit. God's given you a heart that's meant to soar, that's meant to fly. If you feel yourself in a stall, put your nose down. Get a little bit humble and just focus on the Lord. And just say, Lord, not by might, not by strength, but by your spirit. I give all I am to you. You're meant to fly. Your problems shouldn't be holding you down. Get humble before the Lord. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. Surfers have this uh, phrase, stoked. It means we're on fire. And uh, I'm stoked to have my guest, Tom Sullivan, with us today. I get—I I was just mentioning to him off the air that I, I dig getting to do this ministry because I get to talk with some really great people and... Tom Sullivan is one of those people. He's the creator of the of the Warrior Rosary. And Tom, I was thinking uh, again, similar to the genuflection, where you the, the knight would would just kneel down on one knee, and uh, my martial arts training, where we always kept our eye on our opponent, even when we bowed to them. Um, that you know, in the when Gideon's army. Uh, God said to them, you know, Gideon, your army is too big. Uh, they're going to take credit for it. Even though they were outnumbered by, you know, 1,000 to 1 or something, they're going to take credit for winning this. We need to make this army smaller. And one of the first things he did is he said, go down. Anyone who's scared or has worries about home, send them away. Okay, a lot of people left. And then he said, okay, bring them down to the water's edge and have them drink. And anybody who uh, leans all the way down and laps up water by putting their, their mouth into the river, send them home. Uh, but those who, who reach down and cup it in their hands and drink it like that, they can stay. And it reminds me of the fact that if, you, if your head is leaning down and you're drinking that water, you do not have your eyes up. You can't see the ridge line. You can't see if there's an enemy advancing. But for those who reached down and kept their eyes, you know, were able to drink by keeping their eyes and staying aware, um, they, those were the ones that God chose. And God is raising 
Tom and I were talking about uh, off air, a, a small army. The new evangelization is a small tribe, but very powerful uh, ministries are, are coming forth. It's that small Gideon's army. Uh, what we're learning, though, is that we have to have our wits about us. We need to be aware. We need to bend a knee to the Lord, but be on the lookout for the enemy. One of the things that gives us spiritual ears and the ability to smell a rat is when I pray the rosary, I, ha- I have a keener sense of discernment. And Thomas Sullivan developed this rosary that's changed my life. It's called the Warrior Rosary. Tom, Tom, how did you, uh, how did you get the inspiration for that? Yeah. Well, that um, you know, it, it, I never planned to develop a Warrior's Rosary or a rosary of any kind. I never planned to develop anything. Um, you know, I spent most of my adult life uh, out before I uh, got active in the church uh, in the military. I spent uh, nine years in the Navy. I was uh, five years as a company commander during that time, and uh, and I spent three years in the Coast Guard. Uh, then I was injured, and, and I had retired out early. But I'd spent all of my adult uh, life at that time in the military from the age of 17, and uh, and my company commander training had embedded in me to, to see everything through the eyes of war, in warfare, through the eyes of a soldier, if you will. And uh, one, uh, you know, over a period of time, I came to understand the kingdom, as I was telling you earlier. And uh, I had began. I was praying. My I have this this really beautiful rosary. It's uh, you know has basilicum, uh, you know our father medals, and it has a really elegant crucifix and uh, you know some some garnet colored beads. And and I was praying this rosary, and I'm closing my eyes. And as a man. You know, and as a soldier, I, I, I picture myself on the battlefield. I'm slaying dragons, you know, as, as, I'm, as I'm understanding the prayer is a battle. And I'm, in my mind, I'm going to battle with the, the principalities and the powers as I pray each Our Father and each Hail Mary and meditating on these mysteries. I'm present, if you will. And then I would open my eyes and I would look at my rosary and I would fall off the battlefield because it, it was nice. It wasn't, I wanted a sword. I wanted a weapon in my hand that I wanted to, as a man, I'm very visual. You know, I, I, I'm visual. I need to see and touch what it is I'm, I'm trying to, to embody and incorporate. And so um, I wanted a, a sword in my hand. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make something. I'm going to make a sword crucifix. And uh, so I began praying on that and, and eventually it became far too expensive to try and create a crucifix like I wanted that had a sword on it. Um, to make a long story short, I uh, eventually, as a, a more, again, through prayer, the idea of a warrior rosary, a knight's rosary, a, a knight for soldiers came to mind as I continued praying the rosary. And, and, uh, and this process, actually the entire process, was about a 10-year process. Um, the idea of the warrior rosary itself, uh, just its, its coming together was a, was a couple of years just in itself and me praying the rosary every day. Um, and I realized that, that as a man, there really isn't anything masculine in touch, in visual, in, in sight, or anything like that, that, uh, that conveys to me this idea of going into battle when I pray. And so I started thinking about the rosary and its makeup and the medals. And I realized, you know, no soldier goes into battle alone. Even Jesus didn't send his apostles out alone. He sent them out in at least two, at a, two, two by two. 
but in special forces, your SEAL teams, six, eight, 10, 12 men teams, they don't, they don't go out alone. And I realized, you know what? I don't want to feel like I'm alone going into prayer either. I want to have a spiritual special forces team when I go into battle with the rosary and prayer. And so I began to see the rosary now as a bat, as a weapon to go into battle. And then I started discovering how the popes talked about this. Uh, you know, Pope Pius IX said, give me an army praying the rosary and I will conquer the world. Sister Lucia herself from Fatima said that the rosary is the greatest weapon of defense in spiritual battle. Um, you know, you have Padre Pio who referred to the, the, the rosary as the weapon for this time. And so I thought, you know, the rosary is my weapon in prayer that I want to go into battle with the special forces team. And so I began thinking about these, these, these saints who have fought the battle of life, who, who have gone through what we go through now, who have fought these challenges. But I also wanted them to be soldiers or saints, of some, soldiers of some kind that were also engaged in battle so that I as a man could not only visualize it um, conceptually, but it was factual. I could see it and touch it. I could read about it. And so I decided that um, I was going to put this rosary together. And starting with the crucifix, what I did was I took a couple of scripture passages where Christ, you know, he, he talks about how he's come to bring a sword. He talks about, St. Paul tells us how the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And the Gospel of John tells us in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, you know, with God, and the Word was God. And he took, he basically dwelt among us. So Christ is the Word, the sword is the Word. And so I combined these verses together in the victory of the cross and I created this cross that has the sword on it Christ's corpus on it and on both sides of this has a sword embedded on the back on the front and back of the cross as well and at the handle of the sword has a Saint Benedict medal and then when you start to go through the Our Father medals themselves, each one is a warrior saint. They were a knight or a warrior uh, or martyred in this life. And now when I go into battle and with the rosary, I call on each one of these warrior saints to go into battle with me. Uh, the first one is uh, St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. It's a little-known title. Um, but it's basically St. Joseph protecting a family, casting demons away from the family, as you know as well that St. Joseph is the protector of fathers. He's a protector of the church. He's a patron of fathers and patron of the church. And so he was apt to go right there as the first, the first Our Father medal. When you get into the, the mysteries now, the, the very first um, mystery is St. Michael the Archangel. He represents that first warrior since he fought the first battle in heaven. That moves on to the second one is St. George of England. St. George was executed under Diocletian. He was a Roman soldier, and he was spreading the Catholic faith among his Roman soldiers. And Diocletian said, stop, he wouldn't, so Diocletian eventually beheaded him. From there we move on, and you have Ignatius of Loyola. Ignatius's title was Father General, and he was uh, um, the founder of the Jesuit order, also, as you know, uh, a knight and a soldier. Um, then we have Louis the Ninth, who was the King of France. He was also he fought in the Eighth and the Ninth Crusades. He uh, he was a model really of a Catholic father. 
Uh, he's known for his discourse to his son and to his daughter, where he talks about being good Catholic man uh, and what it means to be a good Catholic man uh, and how he would rather see his son dead at his feet than see him commit one mortal sin. So I saw him not only as a, as a soldier, but what a, what a testimony to me as a man, as a husband and a father. And then finally, I concluded them with uh, a, a young Cristero martyr, Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio, who was 14 years old after when he was tortured and executed in Mexico during the Mexican Revolution. And um, Catholicism was outlawed, and he became, uh, he joined with the, the Cristeros, the Catholics who were rebelling against the government. And, um, and he was beatified by John Paul II in 2000. Um, and a side note to that, um, the gentleman who gave me the image to use knows, his family knows Jose's family, and they are now in possession of this warrior rosary as well. That's so cool. That was a real confirmation for me, yeah. That is so cool. So we have to take a break here, but, you know, I have to say, uh, <clears throat> young Jose inspired me in my new book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. Uh, one of my chapters uh, brings out, you know, the heroic uh, steps that he took, uh, not not willing to deny Christ to the Mexican Revolution, yeah, he yeah. his feet, he walked, I believe his last words were, I believe as he was dying on the ground, he, he drew, didn't he draw the sign of the cross in the, du- in the dirt, I think. Uh, but he his, did, that's his, correct. And then I, believe, I think he might have kissed it, I'm not sure, but anyway, we got to take a break. Uh, when we talk with Tom Fly, uh, Sullivan, uh, the creator of the Warrior Rosary, time just flies, you can go to our our website deepadventure.com and you can order uh, one of them today I mean, his 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 rosary has helped uh, change uh, empower my intercessory prayer life this is bear Wozniak, and we'll be right back with more deep adventure radio international deep adventure radio are people challenging your faith do you wish you knew how to explain it better Well, then tune in to hear Father Mitch Pacwa and his guests setting the record straight on all matters, faith, and reason. Next time on EWTN Live, only on EWTN. EWTN Live with Father Mitch Pacwa is seen and heard around the world. For dates and times in your area, log on to EWTN.com. The young people are the future of the church, and right here they are also the present. Let your faith catch on fire as you get to know the young guests who stand up firm for their faith on the Rock of Christ, forever young. On the next Life on the Rock, only on EWTN. Life on the Rock is seen and heard around the world on EWTN. For dates and times in your area, log on to EWTN.com. Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. As you know, uh, there should be a warning label with every one of our radio shows because every single one of them is a gut check. Every single one of them uh, makes you take a quick look at yourself and see if uh, you are... 
laying down your life for our king. And Tom Sullivan created something called the Warrior Rosary. It's a beautiful rosary uh, made out of the, the the metal links are the same thing that are, that that uh, chain mail for knights was uh, used for. And I believe it's created by the same people who create the Vatican rosaries. And the the weight of this rosary alone um, makes it feel like a weapon in my hands. And uh, you know when I I got to tell you I had trouble praying a rosary that was kind of an effeminate a feminine type of rosary. But when I walk down the beach and I'm carrying this rosary in my hand, I usually pray my rosary while I'm walking. Um, in my one hand, it's wrapped around my fist with a cross uh, hanging there. Um, I'm not embarrassed as a man for someone to see me carry that rosary. You know, honestly, when it was really you know, a pink one or something, I wouldn't let anybody see it. I'd hold it in my fist, you know. But uh, it's a very masculine and powerful rosary. But you also have created a red one that the women, I think, really like too. And, and so we have with us uh, Tom Sullivan, who gave me the gift of a warrior rosary. And by the way, these are not cheap. They're $95. So anyone who buys one is stepping up and saying, I want a real weapon. When I go, when I go to prayer, I'm making an investment in my prayer life. I want a real weapon. And, uh, and Tom, uh, thank you so much for coming back on our show. Uh, you were telling us uh, the story of how you created the rosary. Right. Yeah, and I also uh, want to get into a little bit of a couple of things you just said there because they're really, really fascinating. But the, you know, the last piece on this warrior rosary is the centerpiece, and on the front you have the uh, the, the crusader shield with cross swords, and it's engraved that says "Warriors for the Kingdom" on it. But on the back is something very special. On the back of the centerpiece is this image at the very top with Our Lady, with with Our Lord Jesus sitting on his on her lap as a as a child, and there's rays of grace coming down upon a woman knighting a knight. And that imagery is the grace that, that, that our Lord dispenses to us. At the moment, the church, the woman with the sword knighting the knight, con- baptizes us and confirms us. So on the back, when you look at the back of this, you see the imagery of what happens through Holy Mother Church, when we are baptized and confirmed, that we receive the graces of these sacraments from our Lord, through His Mother, down uh, through the church who, who, is in the, who, who is represented by the woman knighting the knight, and the knight on his knees is you and I. And so I've embodied that on the back of this. So as you're praying this rosary, and as you keep, you know, you mentioned a couple of times now, the beads themselves, the the hematite, the eight millimeter hematite, is a semi-precious stone, and it is the color of armor chainmail. So everything about this rosary has come together in the concept of of of, of a warrior, uh, and it's very easy to visualize it. You just look at it. You see your sword. You see your your team, your special forces team going into battle. You see your shield. You see the sacraments that you've been in, that you have been strengthened by. You know to go into battle. Um, so it's it's uh, and and as as you have pointed out, it has had. Um, an unmistakable impact around the world from priests, bishops, lay people, men and women alike. I get stories, Baird, just like the one you just talked about, about walking down the beach. I had a man who, who sent me a letter and he said, Tom, I have been praying the rosary all of my life. And he said, however, I have to admit, I was always a little bit sheepish 
about pulling it out because no matter what kind of rosary I had, it always looked and felt a little bit feminine as a man. And he says, and when I got this warrior's rosary, it is all man. It is all man, he said. And I pull that out in public. He says, I am proud to show it. I want people to ask me about it. Um, when uh, uh, Back when I had uh, heard about uh, uh, Bishop uh, Oliver Dashdon over in uh, Nigeria, where he had this vision of um, Christ appeared to him, because over in Nigeria, you know, Boko Haram is, is running wild over there, slaughtering many of the Catholic people, the Christian people there. And uh, he had a vision of, of Jesus appeared to him, and Jesus was holding a sword. And as he presented the sword to the bishop, he said, Boko Haram is gone. Boko Haram is gone. Boko Haram is gone. He said it three times. And as the bishop received the sword, it changed into a rosary. And he's been telling the story around the world. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, my God, there isn't a rosary in the world that has a sword on it. So I boxed up a box of rosaries and sent them over to him, not knowing if he would get them or not, if they would be intercepted or whatever. Uh, and to, to my surprise and also uh, uh, amazement, he did receive them. And he, he uh, sent me a letter. He sent me an email uh, just thanking me for them and, uh, and how he was promoting the rosary. He, he's, he's gone on a rosary crusade now because he's convinced that the rosary is the answer even to the terrorism that he's facing and the slaughtering of his people. It, it's an amazing story of Bishop Oliver, and it's, it's an amazing story of, of how the, the rosary is truly a weapon in battle, not just in times past, but right now in our very day and time. Well, I want to tell people too, uh, Tom, you know, for the women, to, uh, to uh, they would love this rosary true. There's one, we actually advertise it on our website as the woman's warrior rosary. It's, it, the color of it is red. And we think Think of the great yeah. warrior uh, women too, like uh, Joan of Arc and, and oh, yeah. so many others. But sure. think about Mary; she is a warrior. I mean, oh, she, yeah. I mean, I mean, women have you know, it's it's not it's not you know, she is our queen mother, but she leads us into battle. Yes, she is our warrior queen. There's no doubt about it. And there are great, many great women saints um, that have gone into battle and and have have let like Joan of Arc. I mean, the the young ages. You know, here she is. You know, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and she's leading. You know, grown men, hardened soldiers into battle. You know, um, and and the the red rosary I, I created, uh, embracing the idea of martyrdom. I wanted a red rosary because the red rosary, you know, symbolizes martyrdom and the precious blood of Jesus, and the uh, the black rosary, or not so much black as it is chainmail armor color, uh, represents the you know the knight in armor. So you're you're right. There's 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 there are so many. Uh, you know, in fact, I call my wife. Uh, I call her. My, my warrior princess and my spiritual sniper who has my back, you know, as I'm oh out God, uh, so on the road traveling, doing production, etc. You know, so she, she spiritually has my back and she's my little sniper. That is so beautiful. You know, I don't, when I think of inter intercession and supplication now, I always think of it with a warrior, with a warrior rosary wrapped around my fist. I can't imagine going into prayer 
and you know, I, I, I carry it with me. And we're, we're talking about Tom Sullivan's, uh, I call it the Renegade Warrior <laughs> Rosary because so many of our listeners call themselves renegades because we are. We're like, uh, we're the rebel forces uh, here to bring back, you know, earth to Christ's kingdom. Um, we already have to wrap up this segment of Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. You can go to our website, deepadventure.com, and order uh, these warrior rosaries. They're, uh, it's changed my life, and I thank God for the moment Tom Sullivan put one in my hands. Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege, Bear. God bless you and your listeners. Okay, aloha. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. Serve some real and radical ways to live your faith. This is Dan Laboon Markham with this episode of Truth or Consequences. Truth or Consequences was a popular, long-running television game show led most years by its famous host, Bob Barker. Now, the way it worked was if a contestant couldn't straight-up answer an obscure question within two seconds, well, then there were consequences. However, the consequences were usually fun stunts or warm surprises. But in real life, there are serious, often costly consequences for not telling the truth, like a lawsuit, the end of a marriage, or even prison for lying under oath and obstructing justice. Seems as though lying in modern culture has reached an epidemic by everyone from news anchors to politicians and everyday folks thinking lying will get them further than telling the truth. Never does. Now the good book says that, quote, your sin will find you out, end of quote. Always does. The quality of your soul pays a price for every lie and your lies to cover up lies only gets things more complicated, makes you more vulnerable to being found out. Shoo doggie. All that work and trying to cover one's arse for lying would just tire me out. Now, my wife Colette is as clear-eyed as she is clear-thinking. She never lies or deceives, and she can see through fakes and muddy, foggy thinking like no other. Me? I'm lousy at lying, no sense in trying. Every once when I was trying to convince Colette that I needed louder pipes on my Harley as a safety measure so folk could hear me coming up behind them, her reply, you just want to sound cool. Darn it. Busted again. Truth or consequences? Even though the truth can be a bit painful, I prefer the initial pain over the long-term grim consequences of lying. This is Daniel Baboon Markham at DanielBaboonMarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of heaven. Surf's up. Go deep or go home. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I want to thank our guest, Tom Sullivan. He means so much to me personally. He transformed my intercessory prayer life uh, through the wonderful gift he gave me of the Warrior Rosary. And, you know, you can go to our website, deepadventure.com, and you can uh, buy a rosary there. You can choose uh, from two different of of his Warrior Rosaries. And you too can really experience what it's like to hold a real powerful, <laughs> a physically heavy a weapon in your hands and, uh, and go deeper in your intercessory prayer life. You can also sign up for our, our weekly newsletter. We send you a deep virtue audio blog. With also, it's also transcribed. And you can uh, easily just push a button down at the bottom of that newsletter, and it shares on social media for you. It'll go to your Facebook page. You can um, email it to your friends. Uh, you can um, 
you know, share it uh, through Twitter. So we invite you, go to our, our website, deepadventure.com, and sign up for our newsletter. And also, you know, we have a, a shop there. We got some great gear there. We have Deep Adventure uh, T-shirts and, uh, and uh, tank tops. We have some really cool ones. I guess the women's shirts that we have are the best. We have a, a whole new which is a Hawaiian sea turtle with the Deep Adventure logo uh, embedded in it. It's just beautiful. This is uh, Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Until next week, may the breath of the Holy Spirit aloha you. Aloha! This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, a surfing guide to the soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio. Deep Adventure Radio.